You're listening to the Dating Diaries podcast with your host, Gemma Joel. Hello, hello, and welcome back to episode nine. I'm Gem, a behavior change coach and a registered nutritionist with a passion for all things love and relationships. So we've reached the penultimate episode for this season of the podcast, and I feel like this time has gone by so quickly. When I posted the first episode on Valentine's Day this year, you know, keeping on brand, there were so many ideas flying around in my mind because in the realms of love, sex, dating, anything to do with relationships, there are so many different topics to cover. And I guess I wanted, and I've achieved it in a way, for people to be able to take something away from these episodes. And I wanted to make them as inclusive as possible. And from all the feedback that you guys have given me over the past five months, I'm like overjoyed with how well you guys have received them. And I've taken all your feedback on board. Um, There's still so many topics to cover and I cannot wait to get these episodes recorded for the next season and introduce you to some of the amazing guests that I've got lined up. When I was looking back over the different topics that I've covered in the last eight episodes, there was a strong theme around communication and understanding yourself and understanding your partner too, if you have one. So it really was with this in mind that the topic of love languages sprang to my mind and I thought you know what this might actually be really helpful for those who struggle with communicating in their relationships. So today I'm going to be talking about all things love languages. If you've not heard of love languages before these are five different types of language that can help you to learn how to better connect with your loved ones and they were founded by an American author and counsellor called Gary Chapman. When thinking about love languages We need to keep in mind that people speak in different languages when it comes to being loved by others and giving love to others too. And this applies to all types of relationships, even even in our friendships. So if we think about this in terms of regular language, imagine that your primary language is English, but your partner's is French. You each speak a little of the other language, but you feel most comfortable speaking in your primary language. And this is exactly what love languages are like. If you're speaking one type of love language, but your partner is speaking another, how are you supposed to understand each other and communicate well? And I wonder how many times in your own romantic endeavours you've thought, oh, why can't they just tell me how much they like me or tell me how much they love me? Well, perhaps your primary love language is words of affirmation where you need to hear or see those words being said to you. Whereas your partner's primary love language might be quality time, where simply spending time with you is his or her way of showing you that they like you or love you. And I feel like this is a key part in helping you to understand both yourself and your partner and to be more effective communicators of love. So let's break this down and get started with what all these love languages are and what they even mean. So number one, this is the one that I mentioned earlier. This is words of affirmation. This love language uses words to affirm other people. So things like compliments, encouragement, general niceties, telling them how much they mean to you or telling them how proud of them you are. Um, This kind of stuff would really mean the world to a person who has words of affirmation as their primary love language. 
Next up, we have physical touch. To a person whose primary love language is physical touch, nothing will mean more to them um, than, than touching them physically in an appropriate way, of course. You know, for example, holding their hand or giving them a cuddle. And if it's less PG, then I'm sure you can imagine what sort of things that would entail. Um, I don't think I need to go into more detail with that. The third love language is quality time and someone being able to give you their undivided attention. To this kind of person, nothing will say I love you than spending time with them. You know, simply sitting with them, listening to them as they talk to you about their day or just making time to be with that person. Alongside this, we have acts of service. People who have this as their primary love language love it when their loved one helps them out with something. Essentially, actions speak louder than words. For example, helping your partner to look after your children or cooking dinner for your partner because you know that they've had a busy day. That will mean the world to them. And last but not least is receiving gifts. For these people, receiving a meaningful gift is what makes them feel most loved by their partner. For example, your partner getting you a present on your birthday or coming home after work and randomly surprising you with a present. So there we go. They are the five different love languages. I do wonder while reading through them if any in particular stuck out for you. Because for me, words of affirmation is my primary love language, closely followed by physical touch and quality time. Basically, I just want a man to spend time with me, spoon me and tell me how much they like me. Obviously, if I like them too, otherwise that might be a bit weird. Um, but I don't think that's too much to ask for, is it? While I love babbling on with anything to do with love, as I'm sure you know very well by now, I'm a not-so-secret geek, so I like to do my research um, and to find out what's going on behind the scenes with these sort of things. And within the realms of love languages, research has found that these love languages can be an effective approach when helping couples to communicate with each other. However, other research has found that these love languages can only work in sweet harmony when both parties have got the ability to control and change their behaviour, which of course, not all people will have that capacity. It also goes back to what I was saying in my earlier episodes with regards to attachment theory and how we all have a different attachment style throughout our lives, which of course can change. Um, but th these attachment styles will affect the way that we approach love. So it's important to keep in mind that while love languages can be a basis for communication, there's a lot more behind it. And although love languages may not be the be-all or end-all of a relationship, I find that they can really help to enhance a relationship, especially if you do struggle with communication or you're looking to be in it for the long haul. Because after the honeymoon period of being in love dies down, which apparently takes two years on average, which seems like a lot longer than I would have originally thought, um, but this is when the hard work comes into play. And I'm sure any of you listening to this now who have been in a long-term relationship know that it isn't just happiness and smiles all of the time. That shit takes work, you know? We've been filled with the notion throughout our lives, I guess since childhood, that relationships are meant to be this like lovey-dovey fairy tale kind of thing where the American movies show us that Mr. or Mrs. Wright are going to surprise us at the top of the Empire State Building. For any Gossip Girl fans here, I'm still waiting for Chuck Bass to do that for me. But yeah, I we've just been filled with so many unrealistic expectations. 
that people are going to sweep us off our feet and that's going to be it and we're going to live happily ever after. And while that might be true for some, I mean, I don't personally know anyone that this has happened to, but I'm open to being proved wrong. I am a realist. I love to be loved and I love to give love, but I know that in order to create something stable and meaningful, we have to learn how to communicate with each other and really learn to understand each other. And I guess me saying it like this, it sounds so easy when you say it out loud, but actually this stuff takes time and patience. And with the dating pool in the 21st century, well, it's far and few between with those who actually want to do that. But on the flip side, I know that there are plenty of people out there who are willing to get to know their partner. And for those who are already in a relationship, I hope you find this information helpful and can take some tips away from this to improve your own romantic relationships. Because after all, communication is one of the key components in creating a successful relationship. And that's why I feel like the love languages can tie in really well with learning how to do that. And if you've listened to this and you would like to find out your own love language, you can click on the link which I've attached to the bio of this episode. If you have a partner as well, you might like to get them to do it too. As with most things, and I'll say this in every episode, you will never know if something is going to work for you unless you try. And with the love languages, you might do the love language quiz and think it's a load of nonsense. And that's absolutely fine. This podcast is just here for, you know, a little bit of guidance. Um, Doesn't mean that everything I say is right or everything I say is wrong. It's just from my own personal experience and what I've learned over the years to try and, you know, give you guys a bit of helpful advice. Might not always be helpful, but I hope you, you find it entertaining, if not anything. But yeah, so I would suggest doing the love language quiz if you haven't already find out your love language, see if that relates to any part of your romantic relationships, and even think back, because sometimes I feel like reflecting back on past relationships can be a really good way to see if this will work. Because I know when I first did my love languages a while ago, and I words of affirmation has always been at the top of it, so I tend to do it like once every six months to see if it changes, and it doesn't. So I always go back and think, okay, words of affirmation, that does make sense because when I've been dating people and they've not been very forthcoming in text messages or when we're chatting about serious things in person, that makes me feel a bit unloved. I feel like I I definitely feel love through people communicating with me to tell me that they like me because otherwise you're playing a guessing game. Um, but I know some people don't really care about the whole word side of it and you know, it could fall into physical touch. So I've been with people who maybe weren't the best communicators, but physical touch was their kind of way of showing me that they liked me. But for me, it was kind of like, oh, you know, I'd rather you just tell me that you like me. But anyway, I'm going off on a tangent now. So I'm gonna love you and leave you guys here. And please do let me know if you do the love language quiz. If you've enjoyed today's episode, I'd be so grateful if you could like, share and subscribe to this podcast. It's now available to stream on a number of platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible and Google.